Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Let's turn, if you will, in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 18. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. I want to talk about a familiar subject, but certainly one I feel drawn to again in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to talk about prayer this evening. We've been talking about prayer a whole lot. We're going to talk about it again. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly. This is Paul writing to the Ephesian church, he said, pray for me that the utterance may, given, may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. If I had a request tonight, if I could ask you to do me a favor, it would be verse 19. Amen. Pray for me that I would open my mouth boldly. Amen. To make known the mystery of the gospel for which he said, I am an, amb- an ambassador in bonds that Therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak this evening from this subject. I want to talk about intentional prayer. Intentional prayer. We ended 2018 with a a push, a focus on prayer. As a matter of fact, all throughout 2018, we had been underlining the importance of prayer And I want to say that even as we move into this year, our theme has not changed. Think up, unified prayer. We began the year with prayer and fasting. And um, every quarter, every quarter coming up, as a matter of fact, our first quarter will be April the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. The first three days of every quarter in 2019, we want to dedicate those three days to prayer and fasting as a church. We're going to have to be intentional if we're going to get the job done. Amen. So we just ask the Lord to help us as we continue to underline the theme of prayer. Amen. I'm I'm preaching on prayer because we still need to pray. Amen. That's why we're teaching on prayer. I, I heard some great things last night from ladies' prayer, and I want to thank our ladies for their faithfulness in that endeavor. I think as soldiers of the cross, we must always be prepared. Let me back up and say something about that. I know that all the ladies can't pray here every every ladies' prayer night, so thank you for praying at home. If you can be here, it'll be a strength to you and others, but thank you for praying at home. But as soldiers of the cross, and we are indeed soldiers of the cross, we must be prepared. And so that's why God gives us his armor, and, and Paul writes about that in Ephesians and uh admonishes us to stand ready to fight. He admonishes us to be clothed with what he refers to as the whole armor or the full armor of God. So he talks about the belt of truth and 
about our waist. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness, our feet being shed, shod with the preparation of the gospel, taking up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. And in our hand, he talks about carrying the sword of the spirit, of course, which is the word of God. And wearing the armor of God, that is an essential thing. That is a very, very important thing. But to stand in the battlefield with nothing on but this armor would be very, very foolish. you got to have a strategy. You can't just have all of the fatigues on. You can't just have a gun in your hand. You've got to know what to do in that moment. we got to have a plan. No army is going to go into a battle without having a strategic plan. Everyone is going to know their place and they're going to know their job. We've got to have that additional weapon and I believe that that additional weapon is prayer. I I don't know that I could ever exhaust the subject of prayer. I'm confident I could not. I've read countless books on prayer, heard countless sermons on prayer, preaching and teaching and, and I always feel challenged on a little bit different level. Every time somebody talks about the topic of prayer, we are very, very privileged in the state of Florida every year to have a tremendous conference, a prayer conference in the month of November. And I'm just going to tell you that it is one of the flagship conferences of our district. A tremendous, tremendous gathering of people, um, the teaching and the preaching and and, uh, all of the things that just kind of push us a little bit closer to the flame of prayer. Prayer prayer will make a difference. Certainly prayer is more than just a slogan, but prayer really does change things. Prayer changes things. To go forth clothed in the best armor, even with the best intentions, and neglect prayer is going to be the end of us. It's like an army going into the battle without knowing exactly who they're facing or what they're facing and and uh, you're going to have to have a plan, and then you're going to have to be intentional about that plan. Ephesians 6 and 18 in our text says, praying always. And I understand that for some tonight, this is very fundamental. And you perhaps have heard this a dozen, dozen times. But just bear with us tonight because, A, we can never hear it enough, and somebody may be hearing it for the very first time. Amen, praying always. And so I think it is important for us to understand and to see the value of continual prayer, continual prayer. It's one thing to get stirred up about prayer, and I've been there. I've been so stirred up about prayer, and, and, I've, and I've made great efforts about prayer, and those prayer efforts fell flat just a few days in. And you can just remain seated if you'd like. Because we've all been there. We have all been there. But I think what is critically important for every child of God, and this is what I've been reaching for in all of the teaching and all of the underlining of prayer, is that we develop a prayer life. One thing that I I felt like the Lord helped me to understand many, many years ago was that my job is to not try to get you to pray eight hours a day. My job is just to get you to pray daily. And if you'll pray daily, prayer is a living seed. Amen. And that will just, what a a wonderful habit to form in our lives to pray. And so it's important for us to understand and see the need for continual prayer. In the early church, we see that prayer was just a way of life. It was an absolute way of life. Paul writes in Thessalonians that we are to pray without ceasing. 
And so the early Christians understood just how important prayer was. But there's obvious times that we cannot always verbally pray. We understand that we just can't walk around with our hands folded and walk around in some prayer language all the time. And so we understand that you can't pray without ceasing in a literal sense. But I believe that if prayer is viewed as a is a, an attitude, a spirit, a condition of the heart, then I believe that we can understand that we can walk in a true devotion to God at all times. The attitude of our heart is always toward God. I want to tell you, I'm encouraged when I'm around people and something goes the least bit wrong and they say, let's pray. You know what they were doing? They were praying without ceasing. They weren't fumbling around trying to figure out what to do. They understood the ready sword of their, of their weaponry was going to be the power of prayer. Amen. God has got to be the center of our existence. And I believe in every situation and in every circumstance that we find ourselves naturally turning toward prayer. I, I was listening to a man the other day talking about the, uh, the nature of people and the habits of people. And, and he said that generally, statistically, that, uh, that people will exit a building through whatever door they entered the building in. And it's just something that's about the nature of of humanity. And I'm I'm not sure who sat back and watched all that and figured us out. Feel a little vulnerable, don't you? (laughs) Amen, that somebody was watching that close, but there is just something, there's just something, an, an inclination that you're more prone to exit the door, to exit the building through the same door that you came in. And that wasn't a conscious thought. It was something that just happened. And I, I just, as I begin to think about prayer and think about that conversation the other day and think about prayer today and that conversation the other day, I thought, Lord, just let the altar be somewhere I'm just naturally drawn. Amen. Just somewhere that I don't have to let the end of the line, the last resort, when we've done all else, let's pray. I remember reading an illustration many years ago where uh, an elderly lady had had battled sickness with for quite some time and they had tried this and tried that and, and finally one of her grandsons said, Grandma, I think that we should pray. She said, Oh my Lord, don't tell me that it's come to that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> don't tell me that it's come to that. I'll submit to you that it always comes to that. Amen. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Amen. I say, Lord, help us to, to understand the value of knowing where to turn. And I appreciate prayer in a crisis. I appreciate prayer in an emergency, in a moment, a first thought and not a last thought. But that is certainly not to say that we should not have regular times of prayer. Amen. Our heart is going to be directed toward God. We're going to have to keep our, our mind and our focus upon Him. So whatever our profession or whatever our circumstance of life, I believe that we can experience a life of continual prayer. Amen. Where there's, it's just right there. It's just right there, at the, just below the surface at all times. And so I believe that when we have that kind of posture and that kind of attitude toward God, that we'll always be looking upward. Amen. That's where we need to turn. The Bible goes on to say with all prayer and supplication. Now, I don't believe that prayer is a one size fits all you just pray one prayer, it handles everything. Amen. I believe there's many types of prayer, and I believe that scriptures support that. There are many types of prayer. When Paul mentions all prayer and supplication, the word supplication means petition or bringing our needs to the Lord. When Paul mentions all prayer and supplication, 
This is exactly what he's talking about. There's different kinds of prayer, and these different kinds of prayer are essential for the differing circumstances of our lives. There are times when we need to pray prayers of confession because we've sinned, because we've erred, and I just need to ask the Lord, amen, forgive me as my trespasses, as I forgive those who trespass against me. Amen, there are times that we have to pray prayers of confession because we've got some things to confess. There are prayers that we need to pray that are prayers of thanksgiving because we're thankful. I just don't have anything to ask you for today, Lord. Right now, I just wanna thank you for the wonderful things that you've done in my life. There are are times that we should pray prayers of adoration and praise because we just wanna worship the Lord. Amen, what a powerful song we were just singing just a moment ago. Amen, that was a song of adoration, a song of praise, a song of uplifting. Amen, there are times that we pray prayers of petition because we are petitioning maybe the Lord for ourselves. Are times that we pray prayers of intercession when we're praying for others. Amen, different prayers because these different prayers address different situations that we face in our life. And so I need to become familiar and know how to use all these kinds of prayers. The times I need to know when I need to confess. I need to know when I need to intercede. I need to know when the Lord just wants me to praise him and love him and adore him. And so if prayer is to be an effective weapon for all of us, then we must refine our skills in prayer. And you do that by praying regularly. Amen. You refine your skills in prayer by praying regularly. I've, I've mentioned these, something similar to this through the years and don't want to be misunderstood by this, but I have always enjoyed hearing people pray. Amen. I'm not trying to talk about eavesdropping to hear what they're praying about, not that, those kind of prayers, but just people that have a relationship with God and that prayer. Amen. I, I have found myself at times just wanting to lean in and listen to people as they begin to praise and magnify the Lord. And it's been encouraging to me through the years to hear people pray. Amen. I don't want to just concentrate on petition prayers, just concentrate on uh, those things, those times when I need something from the Lord. I don't want to treat the Lord or prayer or the altar or a prayer room as though that's where I run in to get an answer, a quick answer or a quick fix. Amen. I want to take time to praise the Lord. I want to take time to magnify him. And this is where the principles of the prayer that Jesus taught in the, on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, this is where the principles of this prayer come into play. And I've talked about this certainly recently as we've been talking about prayer. But our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. All of these things are principles. Principles. I'm thankful for the family of God. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. The family of God is not a foreign entity. The body of Christ is not a foreign entity. I want to get up in the mornings and I want to thank the Lord for you and you and you and you and you and you. Why? Because I'm not in this alone. I thank the Lord that there is a heaven to gain. I can't even imagine streets of gold and gates of pearl and a river of life. So I have a hard time thanking the Lord for those things that I can't even imagine. But I can thank him for the presence that I feel in my heart. I can thank him. Heaven is going to me. Heaven is going to be what we're feeling right here and now. Heaven is going to be made up of a lot of things, but heaven, this is all I can relate to as far as heaven is concerned right now. 
And so I thank him that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I pray and ask the Lord, and we should always pray and ask the Lord to help us to always keep his name holy and hallowed in everything that we say, in everything that we do. Amen. I pray for the kingdom of the Lord to come and for his will to be done. Sister Amanda Gibson challenged our hearts this past Sunday about that very topic, thy will be done. Oh, what weight is in those words. Oh, what a rudder that is in our life. Thy will be done in earth, in earth, not talking about this globe, but in earth, that's you and I. We were formed from the dust of the ground. And so let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. I have no idea what I need from you today, Lord. I have no idea what may be around the next corner. I have no idea what the next phone call may bring. But I say, Lord, you give me today my daily bread. You give me the strength I need for here and the strength I need for now. I don't know what tomorrow holds, so I can't afford to run off into my tomorrows. And so I just ask you to give me the strength that I need for today. Amen. Forgive me. Amen. Forgive me of my sins. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Amen. What powerful principles there are in the Lord's prayer. What a great guide to balance prayer. And so we enter into his presence with praise and thanksgiving and that kind of prayer. That kind of prayer can be a speech. Amen. That kind of prayer can be a song. Amen. That's why I mentioned just a moment ago, I had no idea what they were going to sing, but that's why I mentioned a moment ago and you for us to just listen to what we're saying. Amen. Let's don't just be at church in body. And our mind just kind of be like an AM radio station in between channels. Amen. But listen to what we're saying. Listen to what they're singing. Amen. Often I have said, listen, let's just stop singing this song and let's make this song our prayer. And that's what we were doing just a moment ago. Prayer, prayer. Amen. The power of God's word. That's what many of the Psalms are. They were songs. They were prayers that David was praying. I'm thankful for the power of prayer. Amen. Sometimes you ought to just sing while you're praying. Amen. That is your prayer. Just sing. I believe that prayer can even be expressed. Don't I don't want to lose you here, but I believe that prayer can even be expressed without, that we can even pray without expressing words. I'm not trying to rock your world, but there have been times I didn't know what to say. I couldn't muster up a word. I couldn't think of what needed to be said. Amen. But I felt like I needed to be in the presence of the Lord. And here's where I took great consolation that this book says of his spirit that it is a discerner of the thought and the intent of my heart. And when my vocabulary fails me, when my mind is in shutdown, when I feel like I'm in a hole and can't see daylight, I'm just gonna be in the presence of God. And you hear me, I believe I've prayed just as hard that day as any time I have ever prayed before. I believe I've prayed just as effectively in that moment as any time I've ever prayed in my life. Amen. That effectual, fervent prayer, I believe at times, can be uttered without even saying a word. Praise the Lord. He goes on to say that we should pray in the Spirit. I believe the power of effective prayer is the Spirit of God. And we are exhorted to pray in the Spirit and by this, we understand that, that our prayers should be spirit-directed. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the author, I believe, of effective prayer. Paul addresses this very specifically in the book of Romans. He said in Romans 8 and 26, 
He says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There are just times that we don't know how to pray. Amen. I haven't known what the will of God is about a situation, a circumstance, and I have gone to God and I just felt like I needed to be an open book before him and to say, Lord, lead me and guide me and help me to, I don't want to pray amiss. I don't want to pray selfishly. I want to pray just for my will, but I need your spirit to help me to be led how to pray, how to pray. Amen. And so I believe there have been many times, many times when all of us have not really known what to say. Absolutely. I've not known, I've not known the answer. I don't, don't even know how to pray about some situations. But if we'll just wait on the Lord, there have been times the Lord has directed just how to pray and given direction in that to pray about a certain situation. And so the point is simply this, that prayer must be led of the Spirit. For us to pray effectively, I believe that we must maintain our walk with God and fellowship with the Spirit. And I believe that the key of, of a Christian life is our relationship with God. Listen, we are not in a true relationship with someone you don't talk to. We're not in a true relationship with anyone that we don't talk to. Amen. And so we got to have a relationship. And so when we're operating out of this frame of reference, then all we do will reflect a life that's lived in obedient submission to the will of God and the will of the Spirit. And so the Spirit empowers us and, and, and empowers our life and it empowers our prayer life. He goes on to say that we should pray with all perseverance. He says, watching unto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. And so if prayer is to be used effectively, then I believe that we must pray persistently. Because we are in continued warfare. I'm going to say something I've been saying for months. When hell pushes, we've got a decision to make. You're going to be pushed over or are you going to push back? And so sometimes a fight is brought to you. And what are you going to do? And so you're going to have to push, you're going to have to push back. Amen. <clears throat> and so we got to be on alert. So we must pray and we must pray and we must pray again. Jesus emphasized the, the importance of persistent prayer. As a matter of fact, he shares a story in Luke 18 to illustrate that point. And the reason I believe for this story is to show us that at times we should pray and not faint. We just have to pray and pray and pray and pray. Toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he encouraged all of us listeners to be persistent in our prayer. And he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. And as I have taught through the years, that these, when the, when the scripture talks about ask, that's not just ask with a period at the end, but it is ask and keep on asking. Amen. These verbs, all of these verbs are present imperatives 
It is ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. It is the persistence. It is the pushing. We're not talking about trying to force our will on God. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But he is asking us to keep on and keep on. And I don't think we should ever stop praying until we get an answer. Amen. If the Lord says no, then we need to right there. Amen. We need to, that's the answer. And so we need to back away from that. And I believe that God certainly can say no. He certainly has said no to me. And I believe he said no to you. And so in that situation, we stop praying. God can also give a yes to our answer and answer that prayer. In that case, of course, the prayer is answered and we move on to something else. But until that time, I want to keep praying. And there are times when I don't know the will of God. <clears throat> There are times when I don't know the will of God, but I still feel an unction to pray about something. Amen. And I'm going to again say, I believe the Lord is a discerner of the thought and the intent of our heart. And so I'm, I'm going to, you know, I don't want to be rude here, Lord, but I want to mention something to you again. Amen. I don't want you to get out, uh, put out with me here, but I just want to mention something one more time because I don't have a definitive answer on this yet. And so I'm going to keep on asking. And I believe that in doing so, whether we're praying for ourselves or someone else, that that's, is, that, is, that is all right. It is right. And, and certainly we should weigh our motives in that kind of thing. But we, I believe that we had to be persistent in prayer. He said that we would pray for all saints. I believe that prayer can not only be effective for us, but it certainly can affect other people around us. I think all of us to some degree, or maybe a lot of us at least to some degree, are on some level, have had someone that told us or let us know or called us to check on us and just said, you know, the Lord laid you on my heart and I've been praying for you. That's a very, very humbling thing to receive, that kind of, uh, that kind of message. And so I think because I have been the recipient of that many times, I want to be very sensitive when the Lord lays somebody on my heart. I want to be very sensitive to that. I don't. I, I would rather. I would rather be wrong and still pray for them. <laughs> Amen. But because I know what it's like to be the recipient of someone that that actually our paths crossed, and so I'm thinking, and, and I don't think I'm off base here, but I'm thinking that everybody that's ever prayed for me didn't call me and tell me they prayed for me. I believe there's countless times, maybe multiple times. Uh, that somebody prays and I never know anything about it, but God just laid me on their heart. God stirred them in the middle of the night or just touched their heart in the middle of the day. And so I just want to say thank you, Lord, that somebody heard the word of Paul when he said, pray for all saints. Just pray, just pray, just pray. Amen. I believe that is one of the primary uses of intercessory prayer, praying for others. And we're called to pray for all saints. And so when you think about it, it's the devil's pleasure to make us think that whatever we're saying is just kind of falling into the carpet and that's it. Amen. But our prayers, I believe, can have a direct effect on other people. Our prayers can bless them. Our prayers can lift them up. <clears throat> our prayers can keep them from falling. Amen. I've been in some very tough situations. I'm just testifying because we've all been there. But I've been in some very tough situations where I was called on to maybe speak in an event or speak at something where there was just a lot of pressure put on, on me. And I've had ushers bring a note and it was from a friend who said, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Wow. I felt like I had a trophy in my hand. Somebody was praying for me. It was just a post-it note with a hand scribbled on there. I'm praying for you, but I'm thankful that somebody lifted me up. I'm thankful that somebody thought enough, amen, to say, I'm gonna put this in, at the top of my list. I'm gonna lift them up in prayer. 
Prayers can hold people upright. It can keep them from stumbling. Our prayers can fend off an attack from an enemy. When you feel led to pray for somebody, stop whatever you're doing and pray for them. You may not be able to pull over the side of the road, but I believe that we can pray immediately right then because you don't know they may be under a spiritual attack right then at that moment. And I just want to send up a prayer, a prayer petition. Our prayers can impact our prayers can impact situations on a global scale. Do you hear me? Amen. I don't think that our prayers are just going to run down the street so many blocks and that's there where they're limited. But I believe that we could pray a prayer in our home, in our car that can reach around the globe and it can touch the heart of a missionary. It can lift them up and strengthen them wherever they are. The power of prayer. What an awesome privilege we have. There's nowhere that prayer cannot touch the lives of people. People can put their hands over their ears and say, I'm not going to listen to you. People can walk away from you, say, I'm not going to listen to you, but they can't stop you from praying. Amen. They cannot stop the power of prayer. And hear me tonight, they cannot stop the effect of prayer, the power of prayer to affect a situation. What a privilege we have. Amen. I believe it, I believe the, we ought to develop a habit. This is not original to me. I heard somebody say it years ago. It impacted my heart. I heard someone say, Lord, I thank you for the privilege of prayer. And I'm going to tell you, I said, I'm going to hold on to that. And I've said it a thousand, thousand times through the years. I thank you for the privilege of prayer. It's not a drudgery. It's not a job. It's not a mandate. It's not something that's just been pushed on me, but it's a privilege for me to be able to kneel down and say, Lord, I love you today. And I thank you today. I've got an audience with somebody that wants to listen Amen. And so it engages us in very, very serious spiritual combat. Praying for one another is just simply watching over one another. I'm going to pray for them, pray for them. And you know, we rarely ever have a missionary that doesn't have something that they want everybody to take with them, a Bible bookmark or a card of some sort. And uh, and they're not soliciting uh, strange things from us, but what they say is, when you see that, I want you to pray for us. Just when you remember, when you see that, pray. Just pray for me. And so when we intercede for one another, we engage in the ministry that Jesus is performing even right now. I believe that we should become intercessors on behalf of our brothers and sisters. Amen. There have been times we've all, amen, we have been in places where we couldn't pray for ourselves. And I was so thankful that somebody could pray a prayer for me. Amen. I'm going to, I'm being very, very serious. There were times I didn't know how to pray. I was so closely involved and, and so so directly affected by it. I didn't know how to pray, what to say, but I was very thankful that I had somebody that could stand beside me. They weren't in the fire I was in. They weren't heat, feeling the heat that I was feeling. Amen. They could pray more effectively than I could pray. Amen. I'm talking about intentional prayer. Intentional prayer. And this is a spiritual battle and spiritual battles have to be fought on a spiritual plane. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. My, if, if Ephesians 6 and 12 was ever vibrating with life, it is today. So if we are to win this battle, then we must pray. If we are to win, we must pray. And if we're going to have a significant prayer life, then we've got to do more than want to. You've got to plan to. 
You got to be intentional about setting aside a time to pray, a time that you can meditate on the Word of God. And that's, that's a challenge today. Just to be quiet. As a matter of fact, it's, it's just almost like a shoe that don't fit. Because we live in such a noisy, busy, moving world. And so if at all possible, we need a time to, play, to pray and we need a place to pray. I know we can pray anytime and I get that we can pray anywhere. But I think there's something significant about having a place to pray. I believe that we ought to have a place in our home. You don't have to have, dedicate a whole room to a prayer room, but you can have a place to pray. I mean, do that if you can, if you want to, but I'm just saying it's wonderful to have a place to pray. Because if there's not a plan, if we don't say this is what I'm going to do, then we will just stay in the rut of what we did yesterday and the day before and the day before, and that's going to lead nowhere. So the natural unplanned flow of a spiritual life is to sink to the lowest point of strength. That's the natural unplanned flow of a spiritual life. It's going this way. You got to plan. You got to be intentional. You know, it's it's just the nature of a plane to fall out of the out of the air. So it takes a pilot to keep it in the air, and it takes a plan in order to keep our spiritual life climbing. And so there's a race to be run, a, a, a fight to be fought, and if you want a prayer life or you want to renew a prayer life, you need to have some, I need to have some sort of plan. If not, it will never happen, never happen. And so I, I, I just make a simple appeal, and that is to take time this evening to rethink our priorities and ask ourselves, how does prayer really fit into my life every day? How does it fit? Do I really make time to pray? Do I really plan to pray? Do I really set aside some time? Do I designate a place to pray? And you know, I believe that we can, there's so many scriptures in the word of God that it can help us. You say, well, I don't know really what to say. Well, there's a lot of prayers in the, in the Bible. There's a lot of the Psalms that can be prayers to help us. And I believe that somehow or another, we've got to break free of being held hostage by the busy schedules that's pressed upon us. Amen. We need a mid-course correction <laughs> because it's never too late. It's never too late to start praying right now. I'm going to ask our musicians if they will to come. It's never too late to start. So we got to turn somehow. We got to start somehow. We got to start somewhere. I'm going to ask you to stand and I want to close with a story that I, I actually read many years ago. And I came across it again today. I, I, I read it many years ago while reading this book. And then I came across the article again today. But in, in his book, author John Maxwell, in his book entitled Partners in Prayer, he writes the following. In the summer of 1876, grasshoppers nearly destroyed the crops in Minnesota. And so in the spring of 1877, the farmers were worried and they believed that the dreadful plague would once again visit them. And they believed that it would destroy the rich wheat 
crop and bring ruin to thousands of people. The situation was so serious that the, that the governor of that day, a man by the name of John Pillsbury, proclaimed April the 26th as a day of prayer and fasting. And he urged every man and every woman and every child to fast and to pray against this terrible plague that potentially bore down upon their state. So on that day, think about this, on that day, April the 26th, all the schools, all the shops, all the stores, and all the offices closed because we're praying and we're fasting. The next day, dawn bright and, and, and clear, the temperature soared to what would ordinarily be found in midsummer. Very, very unusual for late April. The citizens of Minnesota were devastated as they discovered billions of grasshopper larvae come into life by this unprecedented heat. For three days, the unusual heat persisted and the larvae hatched. It appeared that it wouldn't be long before they would start feeding and then once again destroying the wheat crop. And then on the fourth day, the temperature suddenly dropped and that night a frost nearly covered the entire state. The end result was that it killed every one of the larvae as if poison had been used. And it went down in history of Minnesota as the day that God answered the prayer of the people. What an awesome story. This book is full of just such. So we shouldn't think, well, I don't know about that. John said, if everything that could be written were written, the world wouldn't contain it. What would happen if we just stopped and said, I got to do something about this madness? We just got to stop. I've got to be intentional about this. It's never going to happen in the sweet by and by. There's never going to be a day that everything just kind of just falls into place like a bunch of dominoes. We just have to say, This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. The power of prayer, power of prayer, and how it can change and sweep over our soul. Amen. I'm so thankful, so very thankful for the Spirit of God, the presence of God, the Word of God. But you see, and I love the children of God. I love the church of God. But I can't take you with me wherever I go. You can't pack everybody up and take everybody with you. But I have God with me. And there are just times I've just got to feel after him and touch him. And the Lord is not dependent upon the things that sometimes we depend on. Amen. He, it doesn't matter to him where we are. He'll hear our prayer. <laughs> He'll hear our prayer in the stillness of the night. He'll hear our prayer in the busy, hurried, rushed atmosphere of the mall, if that's where we were and we needed him, we could just call upon him right then. He's not off put by those things. Amen. But I wonder tonight if we could just turn this song just as an illustration. 
You say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, just get the words of this course. So I don't know what to say if I were to kneel down and pray. Well, we'll just get you a printed copy of this right here. This will be a great place to start. What a great praise. I'm just going to love you today, Lord. Just got something I want to tell you. Amen. I just got something I want to tell you. Let's magnify the Lord in this song. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.